this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Tonight, you want Professor X? You got Professor X. You know what else we got? Cerebro. And we learn tomatoes are not apples. The Legion After Show starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz. <laughs> but wait, on this show, could it be possible that apples are tomatoes? We'll find oh. out. Also on this show, it is I, Christian Blatt, joined by Elena Jordan. And I think in all the time that I've been here, I've never been on a panel with you. Isn't that crazy? I think that's true. This and is the first time that I think we've been on a panel together. And you know what? Let's see how it goes. Maybe it's the last time. Maybe we're going to fight <laughs> yeah. to the death. You never but, know. But then, death, you know what? <laughs> Jeff's here to uh, keep us in check. I was I was about to walk out. I was like, oh, should it just be the two yeah. shows? Well, no, no. I mean, but, no look, the, way, the way that this panel's gone, it'll probably happen at some point. Because, uh, Big, very true. Uh, but uh, allegedly... <laughs> Next week, uh, we'll we'll all be back. Allegedly. Allegedly, so we'll see. We'll but see. anyway, there's up. so much to talk about uh, this week that I like to start with just some overall thoughts on the episode. And I'm going to ask each of you, of course, how excited were you to finally see Harry Lloyd as Professor X? I'll ask you first, Elena. I was very excited. Yeah. I was more excited, surprisingly, that it was Gabrielle. Because last week we were like, yeah. we don't know who it's going to be. Are they going to make up a new mom? Is it going to be? And I was surprised that they were so true to her story in the comic, going all the way like with the, yeah. the Holocaust survivor yeah, which and everything. We'll talk a lot about it as we go through it. Yeah. Because a lot of times you feel like Marvel TV and movies, they will do a lot of like, we're going to make this different. Like going all the way back to the 70s Incredible Hulk show. His name is David Banner for no real reason. For no reason, they're like no, Bruce David. Just, they thought the not? name David sounded better, and I event- mean Legion thought the same thing, right? But see, that was his <laughs> that name. That was intentional. Yeah, and you know, so it's just like, well, we're gonna, just going to change it, of course. Uh, but yeah, I was excited to see Harry Lloyd and Jeff. Were you surprised that we saw him so early in the episode? That's what I was going to say. I I thought it was going to be more of like a slow burn. They're going to yeah. tease it a couple times in each episode, but when from the jump they just showed the whole. I mean they. They showed Professor X. They showed his wife. They they showed like the whole backstory, and I was just excited to see all of it. 
I like that this episode, too, was kind of like the first episode this season, where yeah. the focus was on these other characters for the majority of it, and not the same core characters that we've seen every week. So I thought this was kind of a, a nice yeah. way to kind of switch things up. Yeah, Baby David got more screen time than yeah. Adult David, because, well, like, Baby David's adorable, I don't mean that. But <laughs> it's... It's interesting because, like you said, this was not really about David. Yes, we finally – I don't know, I think it was more than halfway through the episode where we started to hear him talking to Switch. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was just like, are we just not going to see him? I think uh, it was about 20 minutes in, which yeah. is when we first saw him the first episode too. Right. It took about yeah, it was 20 definitely minutes. 20 like minutes. almost the exact yeah. same time. Right. I think that they they must have market researchers. Like, you can go this long without <laughs> – with the show called Legion without actually showing us Legion or at least letting us hear it. Before we just are like, but, is this the wrong show? But I don't know. If you get Professor X, it's like, I'm all right. You yeah, know? I was chilling. I was chilling. Yeah. I was like, we got what we wanted. And it's a it's a much younger Charles Xavier than we've ever seen before, you yeah. know, uh, on screen in particular. But even the comics, they don't deal a lot with his, you know, pre-starting the X-Men, basically. There's a couple of flashbacks where you actually meet Farouk uh, on Kenny X-Men 118, and then 161 is like a World War II story with Ian Magneto. So, there's, uh, you know, and then maybe more recently they've gone back, but there's really not a lot to pull from. And what we knew about his story is also meeting Gabrielle Haller at the hospital. And I was stunned, as you just alluded to, Alana, that they actually had it set in World War II, that she was from the camps. And at first, when they say the camps, I'm like, okay, maybe not concentration camps. I don't know. You know, who knows what kinds of, you know, other camps have been. And I'm not trying to make light of it. You know, it, it, it's it's not necessarily – I wasn't thinking like a sleep, sleepaway camp. But it's could have been a different period, you know. When we were talking during the show, it's like, well, Frank Castle uh, was a Vietnam vet. And, of course, when you update the character, it makes more sense if it's... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Gulf War, Afghanistan, anything like that. So, how surprised were you? I know, but tell the audience, because we were talking about it during the show. (laughs) Tell the audience how surprised you were. I mean, considering, well, first when it was just saying... You know, woman, yeah. woman, because oh. we watch with with subtitles. Yeah. We watch with a caption, so we can. I mean, with this show, little, it gets a little loud here. But yeah. it, as as I talked about in the in the first episode of the after show, it really helps you understand it things does. because in the first episode we heard Lenny's voice at one point that I wasn't sure it was Lenny's voice on the radio, but it says Lenny, and I'm like, oh, that was. Oh yeah. yeah. There's even sometimes when I'm like, I feel like my ears. I've just been to too many concerts, I guess, because it's like <laughs> there are things that true. come up in the subtitles. And they're like, do you hear that? And I'm like, I didn't until I read it. But I guess now we know. Um, but when it kept saying woman, woman, and I was like, oh, is it not going to be Gabrielle? It's not going to be Gabrielle. Well, that's what I, yeah, I thought that too. And I was just like, okay, so why is it not Gabrielle? Yeah. yeah. And then as soon as he said Gabrielle, I looked at you and I went, oh, yay, it's Gabrielle. But of course, it's not going to be like the, the Holocaust background. They're not going to they're yeah. not going to have that. And then they're like, where'd you come from? The camps. And I was like, I'm wrong about everything. Yeah, I'm just going to sit in silence. When he when. <laughs> When Charlie has the dream where he goes down the tunnel and he's, you know, violently attacked by that guy, that looks like that actually his hat 
his helmet looked more like World War One, so that threw me off too. <laughs> but so here he goes down, and and it's great because what's interesting to see him use his power probably for the first time, which is kill yourself. Yeah, and I was like. Holy Kilgrave, just totally yeah. telling a dude to go kill himself, you know. But also in that moment, see, I think an older, more yeah, an older, more mature Charles Xavier would tell him to stop, and then the guy would stop moving. But younger, twitchy, panicky, I'm in a mental hospital. Charlie Xavier is just like, "Well, go kill yourself. That will yeah. solve my problem." Thanks. First thought: If yeah. it's me or you, it's yeah. you, not me. Right. So uh, obviously, you know, we have the familiarity with the comic book character, but uh, Jeff, you hear all this. Yeah. It's all is this all news to you that this is the yeah. the David backstory from no, I mean, the comics. I knew most of it, but right. I wasn't fully engulfed in the comics as much. I was more more movies, and then I would do my research after the movies and stuff, and that's how I would learn about the characters' backstories. But yeah, like I love li- like I'm over here listening as a fan and then putting in my pieces. So I just I love the show and I love like listening to you guys because I'm just learning. Yeah, because look, the show would have worked just as well as it did when we just watched it if, uh, I don't know, who knows why she would have been in a mental uh, institution and who knows what the time period is, you know. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe too much, uh, too many drugs at Lollapalooza. I was going to say Woodstock, <laughs> but I'm like, no, that's not, that's not long. That's too far back. But so then it asked the question, like, well, how long are they together before they have David? It can't be that long. Even if this is right after World War II, let's just assume it is. So is it 1945? And, and we're saying it's 20 years later that yeah. he would be born. And, and, and then you got to figure it's like maybe five years. So maybe David's born in 1950. And it's like, all right, well, he is not older than my dad. He's not about to be 70. David isn't. Even if you're like, well, he's a mutant. He ages slower. It's like, well, none of that adds up. But I love that they waited until this season when they're yeah. directly playing with time where everything has been kind of illusions the first season and the second of is this modern day? Is this set like when the comics came out? Is this supposed right. to be 60s, 70s and kind of messing with all of like the what is real, what's not? They waited until this season when we flat out have a time traveler and they're like, time is all janky and insane that they're like, okay, now we'll have references to specific time periods that, you know, yeah. because we still are like, oh, well, we could take it at face value or we can say that that's an adaptation and. Right, and Jeff, so when you hear that that's the time period, uh, what, what are your thoughts for yeah, what was, it might possibly mean? I was going to ask you guys, do you think that Switch, uh, they're going to use Switch as a reason why the time difference is, like, her going back, they're going to change the timeline, and maybe that's why it's different? Or are they just going to use it, maybe, hey, we have time travel now, she makes it work, and then we're going to use it as an excuse? Well, look, if, if you're conceding that time travel is possible... David can be given away through one of those little windows 30 years in the future or something. Uh, But what I'm afraid of, and I said this to both of you when we were talking about it, is it lends – there's a lot of theories out there about this show. One of the theories that I will be furious if it's what happens is that none of this happened. David's going to be in the final shot of the final episode of the season. David's going to be sitting right at the same mental hospital he was in in season one. And just none of it ever happened. And that's why there's all these time inaccuracies or anachronisms and these things that don't add up. 
And uh, I don't want the, any. It's an older show, but the show Saint Elsewhere set in a hospital. Yeah. And the way that the show ends, it, the whole thing took place in a snow, globe a snow globe of an autistic child. And or the dream, you can go full like well, you can go, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, you can, yeah. And, and I mean, Roseanne. I was saying, you can, so many you can go. You can like go this. with Lost, where all the way through it, they were like, "No, it's not purgatory. Don't worry, it's not purgatory." Oh, so anyway, it's totally purgatory. I uh, hope you liked the show. And it's like, yeah, I did until the last week. The writers were a little yeah. lost. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you did it. You did it. There it is. So <laughs> that is my fear of what it is. I'm going to uh, wait until my until predictions to give my prediction. Yeah. All right. But... I'm a little bit more optimistic now in my predictions. <laughs> yeah. No, my, that, that, that's no. not a – I refuse to give that as a prediction. That's You're what I'm saying. You're just saying this I'm is saying, my – I will let I, you know I will bring yeah. this place to the ground if this happens. No. Uh, <laughs> basically, if, if that is what happens – here's my prediction ahead of predictions. Uh, in the final episode of this is going to be me throwing my laptop at that camera and just walking out. <laughs> and then that's the end. Yeah, and you guys will be fine without me. <laughs> because you're not going to want to hear what I have to say if the show ends We just cut to gifts of fire. <laughs> exactly. That's all you see. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can Skype with me. I'll be at the bar down the block. Just like, I can't believe I put all this time in. Uh, all right. So we really get to see kind of this, this sweet love story. Very untraditional love story. Uh, my impression is uh, Noah Hawley, for some reason, thinks that a mental hospital is romantic because we had David and Sid meet that way. And I'm glad that David acknowledged it sort of, you know, from the, the narration from the future, looking at the past, the future past, as it were, and <laughs> saying, like, oh, it's kind of funny. It must run in the family meeting in a hospital. Not that funny. <laughs> <I don't, all laughs> right. All right. Settle down in there, Shecky. Yeah. We'll talk about what you told us before we started. We love you, Rai Rai. Rai guys are God. Don't get me wrong. All right. Settle down, buddy. So, the. See, and I lost track because. We were talking about. So, the meeting in the mental hospital. What did you think when. Did you have the same realization that David did? Like, oh, it runs on the family. I felt like that was intentional. Yeah. I felt like it was showing these parallels because then the the whole thing echoing back was the whole time of them saying, is he going to be like you or is he going to be like me? Right. And it was, you know, showing like is her saying, is he going to be crazy or is he going to have these powers? And we find out, you know, it's a combination of both. Yeah. And it's this whole thing about like with the, this allegory of the mental institution of what this true love is and how he kind of sees – he and Sid as a parallel for this, but where Charles flat out says, look, I go into your mind, I have boundaries, I'm going in to try to help. We see David's kind of perversion of that, which he's done, you know, multiple times of kind of the more when Charles, we see him with the Nazi when he tells him to kill himself. Yeah. And we see kind of more of those parallels. So it, I think, plays a lot with this idea of kind of redemption and the redemption arc and history repeating itself and then what is actual reality versus what is remembered in a way that you choose to kind of see it through a different perspective. Right. And there's a reason why we have our recurring segment, which will be coming up a little bit later. Is yeah. this a real life or is this just fantasy? Because, well, the theory that I hope isn't the case. The whole thing might be fantasy. Uh, but anything that you see happen in the show, you're like, wait, did that just happen? And uh, that was one of the the questions, Jeff, that you you were talking about. You, you you thought, well, this might be a stupid question. And this is you know, look, some shows, yeah, there might be stupid questions. This show, nothing makes that much sense. I think it, anything's fair game to ask. So talk a little bit about what 
it was that happened that you know you weren't quite sure. It's not even not in the the fantasy way, but it just uh, what your question was. Yeah. So when right when you see Gabrielle stand up, yeah. and before you see her sitting down, not talking, not doing anything, and you just you just snap back and she stands up. She's over by the window and it starts talking. I'm like, all right, what's going on here? And I like started. I was like, some. I gotta ask that question because like I know I can't be alone on this. At least I hope I'm not alone on this. But no, it was it was cool to see, and that's why I was trying to figure out if it was reality or fantasy. And then um, just seeing that whole relationship start, I I started again. I was like, this storyline is very similar to David's. And then when he acknowledged it, I kind of thought maybe he still kind of holds that love for Sid and still thinks that Sid may come back just like his parents made that love. Because he's like, oh, never mind. And I thought that might have been he was like alluding to him yeah. and Sid still having a possibility. I think it also was kind of reinforcing the idea that alone he is somewhat volatile. Whereas when he had Sid, when they were in this relationship, like we have her whole thing. We keep seeing Gabrielle when she's by herself and she's saying, come home, come home. I'm sinking back. Like, I don't know if this is the disease coming back, if this is the shadow. I can't trust anything without my point of reference. Like, Charles, you are my reality. You are what grounds me. Whether this is a dream that you created or not, we're in this together. So this is our shared reality. Without you here... I'm lost and I'm confused and I don't know what's happening. And then we kind of see that happen with David this season is that, you know, without somebody there to kind of ground him and to make him feel like he it kind of it, the this whole reference, um, almost like an allegory. There's the scientific experiment with the, the rats oh, that yeah. would swim and then a hand you would reach mm-hmm. in and pull them up right before they drowned. And then save them. Then they. This was actually a really sad experiment that actually happened. Was they they would have rats that nobody helped, and the rats that weren't helped would just give up and drown almost immediately. But the ones that had helped when they were put back into the water kept swimming until they were physically exhausted and couldn't because they thought, okay, I've had somebody pull me out before. This could happen again. So we almost see that with this kind of right. same reference paralleled, and without David. Is he going to have somebody to help pull him out again? Which we even have seen him in the actual pool, which is why that kind of made me think of like the whole rats drowning scenario. Right, but, like, and, and those are sad rat experiments as opposed to all the happy rat experiments oh, that are out so there. Oh, so many happy rat yeah, experiments. Where their eyelids are stapled open and hairspray gets sprayed in yeah. their eyes. So, yeah, those are usually the fun ones. Those are the ones. really yeah, sweet Those are the good ones. ones. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was kind of interesting that like, she went from the mental institute, and and then um, when she was healthy or when she was with a, her child, she started going crazy because she started hearing voices again. So it's like you never, she was never really fully healthy because like she was still worried about she started hearing things. So it was it was just weird. Because, then you almost wonder if that's like this self-fulfilling prophecy because the voices mm-hmm. she's hearing are David's. Yes, mm-hmm. which was actually my next question because we see the the shadow is there. In fact, we actually rewound to make sure that that's what we saw. We, <laughs> the lighting's not great when we watch, so we had to make sure that we saw this. So we see the shadow there. But the voice she hears consistently is David. So this is sort of the whole reason why you need to be careful when you go back in time. So he could very well have driven his mother crazy by trying to help her. Uh, now, it's not that Farouk wasn't there, and Farouk, we know what Farouk did, and you know we see at the very end of the episode where he's holding David and a you know, beautiful boy and all that, and the 
creepy angry boy doll, which I don't know why anyone would ever. First of all, it looks like Hitler. Like, why (laughs) would you have a doll that looks like that? That's what I was thinking. I was like, why is this scary, like, Hitler doll in this box that you're holding? What part of parenting is that in? Because that is not good. And if that's something that she apparently saved throughout the Holocaust, it's like, no, get rid of that thing, man. I've got got two kids, and I didn't do everything perfect, but uh, (laughs) at no point did I ever consider, like, you know what they need? They need a little mini Fuhrer doll. Exactly. I think that's probably like, what's going to make seeing Chucky, we should probably like, give the doll. <laughs> I don't know. I've Honestly, seen those brat dolls look, that are if, out now, and they it, look just as terrifying to me. If Chucky's well. not moving and being all stabby, he's nowhere near as scary as that doll. <laughs> it's just looking at, at, at Chucky on the shelf, not as scary as that doll. Let us know in the chat. Who's the scariest <laughs> doll you know? Who's the that's scariest gonna be, doll? That's going to be what we get to. We're going like to get a lot of arguments about that one. Yeah, <laughs> the problem is true. We probably will. So... It, it, that would so. Do you think that? What do you think? Do you think it was a combination? I'll ask you first, Lana. Do you think it was a combination of David and Farouk, or is it just the sad fact that David drove his mother crazy? Not in the way that kids always drive their parents crazy. The way that future David went back in time and drove his mom crazy in the past. I think it's kind of a little bit of of all of the above. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of like the loaded gun theory of she has this genetic predisposition to have kind of illusions and and hallucinations and things. Um, But just like David, who has been told that, no, it's just the schizophrenia, it's just the mental disorders that you have, the chemical imbalance, where there actually are these other realities, I think for her it's the exact same thing, is that she's thinking, oh, this is just me reverting back into my own chemical imbalances that I've had in the past. Because what she was in for the hospital, like when she would have these presumed visions or anything what yeah. made her catatonic and then presumably when she talks about like me her mental illnesses we know that she was mentally ill before she met Charles because yes. that's why she's in the hospital the voices she hears later though are not her mental illness recurring it we know is Farouk and David so I feel like it's a combination of all of these things and also the idea of him kind of creating this self-fulfilling prophecy and her buying into her own sense of being broken. And I think to speak to the earlier condition she was in, what made her catatonic, you know, the one specific thing we get, she says that I saw blood on fire and I'm just like, mm. I I can visualize it, but it's probably not what she saw. And that's horrifying. And from a writing standpoint, that's an amazing turn of phrase. But to imagine someone having to live through that is, of course, terrible. Now, to the same question for you, Jeff, though, about what do you think was happening here? Did David just make it worse? I think he honestly did. Yeah. And when I saw that scene, it reminded me of when Barry, for like the Flash, when Barry goes back in time to try to save his mom and he realizes he's supposed to fail pretty much. Right. So that's what it reminded me. I was like, he probably, like this was happening in the future. So he was supposed to meet Switch. He was supposed to come back, try to reach after her, yeah. and it ended up turning bad. So that that was my mindset, and it just correlated with the Flash. So that's why I think David was right. kind of hurt his own situation. Well, it brings to mind uh, an example that I use a lot if you see the other Marvel shows that uh, I do. Marvel TV Weekly, Sundays at 9, here oh. on After Buzz TV. Marvel Movie News, Thursdays at 1 on the Popcorn Talk. That's subtle, me. Subtle yeah. plug. I was hey, going to say, is there a plug somewhere? I, I, <laughs> I, I also did the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show this hey, week, filling in for everyone. So, yeah. This show's got a switch and a plug. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But 
there is a, a great example in comic book history of David goes back in time to help his dad. He just thinks that if he would go back in time and kill Magneto, that's going to make Charles Xavier's life better. <laughs> Except he goes back in time and kills Professor Xavier, which creates the Age of Apocalypse alternate timeline, uh, which, uh, yeah. So it uh, it was a reminder of that for me. It was just like, David... Just don't, just don't. don't, don't. It was why it's, it's it's why I don't time travel anymore. Because <laughs> anymore, smart, right? smart. But I, I didn't mean that. No, of course I didn't mean that. But it's why we should never time travel. And you know, you should we have could. seen the first version of the show. <sighs> yeah. So <laughs> before he look, went back I thought underwater it. made sense. All right, it just it seemed like it was going to spice things up a little bit. Uh, anyway, so before we move on, I know that there's a very important message, and I think, Elena, you're going to bring it. Well, I was just thinking about all of the amazing Marvel shows that you do here on After Buzz. Thank you. I did the Jessica Jones After Show, too. Yeah, okay. there we go. And plug, it just plug, got plug. me thinking about all of the other amazing shows here at After Buzz. The shows I don't do. The other <laughs> ones. that I mean, we've got great ones that you're on. We've got some great ones that you're not on that would be better if you were on it, you know. Thank you for saying what everyone is thinking. <laughs> But if you guys want to check out all of our shows, we love, love, love having you guys be part of the conversation. So be sure to check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. Rate, subscribe, give us those thumbs up, five stars. Leave us those comments because we absolutely love hearing from you guys. The whole point of us being here is so that we can keep these conversations going and it's more fun when we get to converse with you. Yeah, because it was fun when we would like pause the show and talk or talk during the commercials. But now <laughs> we get to do it here with everybody. And in the chat, uh, CGM Show points out, time travel worked out for the Avengers. So, LOL. <laughs> I mean, did <laughs> it? for some of the yeah. Avengers it worked yeah. out well. I, I, I think Natasha Romanoff might... Disagree. It didn't I mean, work out I'm so not going to get into this whole thing because yeah, I was like, exactly. Nebula, you could have been nopping an a hole and maybe giving us a heads up, but that's a whole yeah. other conversation. So just saying, and Captain America is like, there's just <laughs> multiple of them in different timelines and stuff, so that's fine. Oh no, look, <laughs> look, we we all want to go back to the 40s and you know get together with the girl who got away. I get that. Good for Steve. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and then Ekin TV says, don't mess with time and space, which you I think Ekin TV must know something. So I think they knew. Yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say? This is totally off topic completely, but just because we were talking about time travel and other Marvel properties and Captain America, I was jogging on the universe a lot the other day, and I totally realized that the very first scene where Steve gets his powers... When he runs down the street mm, yeah. is on the Universal lot. Yes, it's the same place where ten years later, when they were doing Marvel's Agent Carter, they put the Arbok Agency right oh, there. That's really cool. oh. So he actually ran by Peggy's oh, entrance to Shield, but ten years prior. So mm. look at that. See, now that's that's off topic, but that's fascinating. See, that's <laughs> See? the kind of that's insight. the kind of time travel that I'm about is slow jogs. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> looking around. Fandom <laughs> D Saint is uh, someone in our chat. Uh, points out, I'm curious why David's mom, Gabrielle, was able to hear David before Charles. Now, I'm going to give my theory on that. I think it's because David is there in the house trying to warn, warn his mother. Charles is not there. He's like, oh, I've found someone who's like me. I'm going to go hang out and go backpack around Morocco with, uh, with, a, with a fine gent. Uh, his name's Amol Farouk. Hmm. What could go wrong? See ya. 
Have fun with the baby. Anyway, uh, so that's why I think because Charles isn't there. And and David is watching. Yes, he's jumping around. It's sort of a, you know, he even comments and he says to Switch, "Well, wait, why are we back here in the hospital? Because it all seems relevant." But I don't think David was trying to be heard at that point. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? You think that that would probably explain yeah? I, it? I honestly thought he was just going there to talk to his mom in general. Like I never, I never thought of like why would he not go after his dad? I always thought he wanted to learn more about his mom and try to connect with her and I mean it makes sense that she was the only one in the scenes but that's my thought the whole time was that he just wanted to con- connect with her talk to her and try to help and save her and, and himself and what do you think Lynn sorry I, I was trying so to catch too, up in yeah. the chat and- <laughs> I, I definitely agree and I think also probably part of it too is that there is you know a genetic component where he is half his mom genetically so they have this link already so it's like if he's using this mental link to try to communicate with her versus Charles, who doesn't have that genetic, you know, the actual link and the physicality of him being halfway across the world, as you mentioned. Right. Um, I mean, I do think that it's interesting that David isn't able to be heard as much as he wants to be. And he is trying to use his powers, but he doesn't know how it works in this whole memory world. It, Which, go ahead. I was going to say, is it him not being strong enough? I thought it, I thought it was Switch not being strong enough yet to, like, allow David to speak to him. That's how I... That, that's but how see, I, I think it. that what it is, is it's such a powerful thing to try and impact something that happened in the past. What he was able to do is kind of create the Flash, which, no, no pun intended, Barry <laughs> Allen, or Wally West. But so she, he created that, that, that bright light, and so then she sees in the reflection of the television. So trying to speak to someone you're not able to do but and, and that sort of lends itself to the letter that Gabrielle's writing to Charles, which is, I think the house is haunted mm-hmm. uh, by one, the Shadow King, and two, a future version of my of our son, mm-hmm. who really wants me to turn off the TV. Which, by the way, the weirdest thing that they're watching. It is almost time for bed. I'm like, yeah, can we talk more about time. what that is? is? Yeah, that's bedtime. It is, it is bedtime. But saying it in a different language, which I was like, I thought that that was almost like Twitch impacting it. Because why would she be watching this that's in a, not in English, but in yeah. Twitch's native tongue? You know, like that's what I thought was interesting. And it wasn't until later at the end when the, the TV comes back on that he says in English, it's bedtime after right. how long can you keep your eyes open? Right. And that I think kind of fades into this whole thing about what is a dream and what's reality. And when it's nighttime and she's asleep, she feels this calm presence. She feels this loving, this safety that's looking after her, which, you know, we see David and his weird trippy whatever thing. But then yeah. in the daytime, she feels this ominous presence, this shadow. And so it's this duality, but it's like, is is the shadow actually David and his impending? Which is exactly what Farouk wants everyone to think. I mean, he's David's friends all seem to think that David is the bad guy. And you can, of course, question some of the things that he did. But to compare him to Amal Farouk, it's like David is a, a guy who means really well, who has done some bad things. And Farouk is just the embodiment of evil. And I, I think we get a gauge for how old he is with, like, Thousands of years old. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah, he's like so, two thousand years old. Right. Yeah. So it, you know, it's uh, so like he knew apocalypse when he was a baby, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in the chat, uh, let's see. It was uh, I forget who asked. Sorry, I said uh, I wish we would have gotten to see Charles meet and fight Farouk, which 
is in the aforementioned Uncanny X-Men 118, which is where we also meet a very young pickpocket who steals Charles' wallet who ends up growing up to be Storm. Just <laughs> little tidbits from there. But uh, to see it on screen would have been great. I think that lends itself more to this being Legion and not the Professor X show. I but I would think love... maybe we'll see it later. I mean, this show right. loves to do all of these flashbacks and just give us pieces. And like, yeah. I mean, even when we were talking about when we couldn't figure out if the tooth was yep. a tooth or if it was part of the Right. Building. Well, let's talk about that before we move on to our special segment because uh, you talked about the tooth last week, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, Jeff, you were the one who seemed yeah. to be paying, so, paying that kind of eagle eye attention. So let's yeah. let you get the credit and the glory. We talked about it last week about how we saw a, like a little crumb or something she was looking at it would it look like a crumb and we talked about it now and, and i was like i think it was a tooth and like we could never really decide on what it was because i when i saw it i was like i remember seeing switch mess with her tooth at the time and you never see her pull it i don't believe you see her pull it out and maybe you do in the previous yeah. episode okay, but, it, but every time episode, she goes back yeah. it wiggles yeah. more it wiggles more and i saw her take it out um and then i just i just assumed that that was it and then um Calling out the comments, I looked at the comments after that, and they said no, that was Switch's too. And that, and then you see this episode, well, it comes full circle pretty much. You like you actually see her pull out the tooth, and then it makes more sense. And that's going to lead me right into my predictions. But I'm just going to leave it at that tease. Right. Well, I, I, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say though, I feel like this episode and him, the way that he treat treats Switch, yeah, is showing that he is crossing that point of no return, that he's becoming more like a mall than he was like either of his parents, that he doesn't have those limitations of I just want to help because she's saying like she's been using that as her guide to see am I going too far yeah. and she pulls out this bloody tooth and she's saying I need to sleep, I can't, this is the furthest I've gone, I, I'm exhausted and he's saying no, like I've, I'm going to push you to the edge because this is what I need without taking you know, her safety and her health and things into consideration. Right. And we, I guess, can revisit this next week because what it seems like is David does not force her to go back. He actually does let her fall asleep, but he was so angry about it. I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that he like was like, no, you have to do it. And look, he as powerful a telepath and all the other abilities he has, he could definitely wake her up and be like, "All right, I'm I'm like squishing your brain right now." But <laughs> well, we until see you how angry yeah. he gets, and he's, he's literally sur- glowing and it's, screaming. It's, it's terrifying. One of the few instances that we've seen him just emit that much power on the show, you know. So I think uh, we're going to see just and how the angry slow, he got. unintentional degradation of our hero. Yeah, yeah. right. And and it, look, it even makes us have to wonder. Is Farouk as bad as they say? Now, when Gabrielle gets the call from Charles Xavier saying that he's <laughs> uh, he's not at all like me and he's actually a really bad guy, I, I'm still inclined to agree with uh, Professor Xavier over the Shadow King, as cool a name as that is. I would say that uh, I, I'm still going to take David over Farouk, but I would say Professor X is better than everybody. And that's kind of the interesting thing that we, we end on before we get to our special segment, is that David gets so close to being able to contact and warn his mother, and then it is Professor X who sends him away. It's not Farouk who gets rid of him. It, it, I just, so I just thought that that was a, a nice turn, just sort of the reminder of just how powerful Professor Xavier is, even this younger version who 
We still don't know how many years he's known he's had his power at that point. Uh, before we move on to our special segment, uh, do either of you have anything else that stood out for you in the episode? Anything that uh, you feel like was something that, that we neglected to mention at this point? Not too much because I don't want to like oh. lend into the special segment sure. or, or predictions. But I feel like we covered most of it. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't want to. I was gonna. Okay, well, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, don't, don't, don't bury the lead. So, uh, well, we can, we can always circle back. So, did you have something? I just loved the use of music in this episode. Yes. like using like the Watt and then having the the Rolling Stones and everything. Yeah, the, yeah it's like if you want to so use She's a Rainbow in every episode, that's fine. So good. You know, well, if, because- we, if we were still allowed to play music on these after shows, <laughs> that's what I would have used in the beginning. So just remember that. When- I just love, yeah, that this episode in particular too, that they actually used it not only as a cool kind of coupling with the visual effects but to use it to actually move the story along and how mm-hmm. the characters hear it and mm-hmm. how they're influenced by it. Which I just love their conversation Charles and Gabrielle it's like, you, oh you want to get out of here? Oh yeah we could get out of here anytime. You know what I can do, right? <laughs> He's let me just suggest, and even the, the hard ass psychiatrist whose mind he reads sort of early in the episode just happily opens the door and is like, yep, yeah, have fun so I thought it was, it was almost almost like that was their wedding basically it was yeah. sort of a wedding processional and everybody's just waving to them all right so let's get to our special segment is this the real life is this just fantasy i think it is garth so uh i know you mentioned it uh, in passing a, a little bit already but uh, jeff uh, give us yours first yeah so it was like we talked about earlier it was a one when gabrielle she just stands up out of nowhere and i I didn't know if this was just in um, Professor X's head, not David's. I thought uh, Professor uh, Charles was just kind of just thinking about it or just telling her that she can do this, that this is still possible. I didn't really think it was like real life because I was so confused. So I was like, maybe, maybe this is just mind tricks saying, hey, you can do this. You can still remember how to do these things. And that was how she was able to get out of it. So I thought that was the steps, not the actual actions of her just right, like a snap of the finger. What did you think, Wayne? Ah, man, there were so many in this episode. But I think overall, kind of the the one that we've been toying with for the past few seasons is this idea of what time period it is. Right. And having these actual grounded events that took place in specific times in history referenced and alluded to so directly. Um, I felt like that was kind of an interesting thing because we've been wondering, is this actually like the 60s, 70s, or is it a modern day and his just reference to it? So I'm interested to see how that plays out, but I thought that that was a a really interesting kind of brain meld for us of if this is the real time period or not. And even just them leaving too was like another big one was like because then it was nighttime and then all of a sudden it was daytime right. and they like let they them out of the hospital out of the yeah hospital, it was yeah. like is this him actually making everyone say like is he using his mind powers to control everyone to have them clap and lead them out or is he using his mind powers just on her and they're actually in this bed and she thinks that they're well in this and house. that's even what she's asking yeah. sort of early in the episode her narration is saying like are we even here which or... makes me wonder if they weren't if the reason that david is gone is because they took the baby from her because she's in a mental institution and charles leaves and right, he let her think that they had this big house, this and house, and all this stuff. Happened. But she's yeah. actually, and it would make sense because David keeps asking, like, why did she give me up? Why did she give me up? If you give birth in a mental institution, 
and you're deemed not able to take care of yourself, then, you know, there's going to be other people who are going to take your baby at some point to take care of them. So, and if that, I mean, if that's true, then that makes sense why he was, he was struggling to communicate with her Mm -hmm. and why it wasn't so easy because if it was projected memory, if it was projected memories, more, more hard, it's harder to, to get in there and actually communicate. But then Charles would under Charles would know that. So it was like so many different like. Yeah. But we've seen where Farouk like, did the implanted memories to yeah. the projected memory, so it could be you know. Which tomorrow. my theory mm-hmm. continues to be that Farouk did that to everyone that all, was all of David's friends up until the end of season two. That he just sort of suggested a lot of things that they suddenly perceived differently. Uh, for me, the sort of horrifying moment that if I had seen this when my son was a newborn, I would never have been able to fall asleep again. Just when she picks him up and turns him over and he doesn't have a face, I was just like, yeah, this better not be real. That That better not be reality because I don't know what made her see that. Did David make her see that? Did the Shadow King make her see it? Or is she just cray cray and that's what she saw? So that was uh, kind of what my question was. Uh, Before we run out of time, we should do our predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Uh, let's see. I predict that uh, I will not be disappointed with this show and I, that it is not all in David's mind from yeah. season one, episode one. But also, I am I, I, a little bit influenced by people in the chat who, judging from the coming attractions, they wonder if David messing around in time will do something to get rid of uh, Lenny and her girlfriend's baby and that's going to turn Lenny against David. So I found that to be a fascinating turn of events because you got to figure it would take something major for Lenny to turn against David. I mean, we saw how protective she was of him last week with Switch. So... Both weeks, I guess. But anyway, so I think it's that. Something like that could happen. But... The idea that David goes after everyone, you know, and they the, that he's going to attack them next week is really going to show us just how dark he's able to get. And I mean, it's only episode four next week. So we've got, I think, a couple more weeks of uh, David really going a little bit too far down the road. And I think it's going to take a return appearance from Professor X to kind of help sort him out a little bit. And look, that's all he wants is he just wants some love. Uh, Elena, what are your predictions? I I agree with you. I don't know about the the baby. I know yeah, that definitely the baby's going to come into play. And because it is this whole like virgin birth Jesus allegory that right. they keep referencing, and we know this baby is important, I'm wondering if Farouk is going to somehow be like, okay, new baby. Because <laughs> we already right. know he has a propensity for just like burgling up babies and using their baby yeah. minds. So right, I mean, and that's like you just gave me the theory for how the show could end is like, oh, Farouk's dead, and then that baby is just laying there, and then we see and the little the little shadow go mm. into the air. Basically, maybe David becomes part of the Shadow King, <sighs> and then they both meld and then go into this baby, and then it's just a whole nother <laughs> like, oh man. We just uh, watched the show like ten years from money. now. We're like baby's grown. We're back, Jeff. You didn't want to give away your prediction before. What is going on? <laughs> what is your prediction? Well, first I gotta go with with Lenny. I I kind of see. I kind of thought she was gonna um, betray David. I just didn't know how. So like hearing that from the comments, that actually makes more sense because I've I kind of see a little rift be- between them just because I just I thought it was gonna be between Switch. I thought she was gonna be the cause of it, but. That sounds like a more realistic um, option. But the one I had would be Sid using the tooth. I think that 
there's a reason why she actually saw the two. So I think that either is going to be a way to track Switch, or she's going to know that Switch is either maybe not. I don't know if it's dying or maybe hurting herself every time she has to time travel. I feel like the the tooth is going to be a clue somehow for Sid, and I don't I don't know if it's a a way to find them. I wonder right. as soon as you started saying that, it made me think of the like the um, traditional nightmare of your teeth falling out being representative mm, right. of losing control. And we have even the thing, can babies have nightmares? Right, like asking, was... can David have nightmares? And it's this whole thing of like, oh, as you're losing control, these teeth are falling out. The further back you go, the less control mm-hmm. you have over the timeline. Or does that mean that she can only go back in time 31 more times and then when her teeth are gone, that's it. So Then she just has to gum time. <laughs> <laughs> that's be the title. Of, well, the episodes are only ever chapter Switch, number, but gum, strap gum time, time. Gummer. yeah, the time gummer. <laughs> Maybe that would be on her business card. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned in the intro that uh, we didn't get to, and I know we have to wrap up, but the fact that we see Professor X putting together Cerebro and trying it out for the mm. first time was not something I expected to get on that the series. So cool. That was so cool. That was dope. That was great. Anyway, thanks so much to everyone in the chat. Uh, we had a great conversation and we will be back next Monday at 9 Pacific until then Elena where can people find you you guys can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan A-L-A-N-A-J-O-R-D-A-N and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan if you guys want to see me do more superhero TV shows I do Young Justice I do Legion obviously and then we also do Swamp Thing and then if you guys like a throwback I do all that and if you like Zendaya like I do, I do uh, Euphoria as well. So I'm just on all the after shows. You're you're on all the shows I'm not on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there. <laughs> <no. laughs> but you can. Excuse me. You can also find me at Jeff Will underscore Junior on all your social media platforms. I already plugged all my other shows <laughs> earlier, but you can find me uh, at Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much, everybody, and uh, we will see you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 